the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 So call in. We'll chat and uh, have you some ready? fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money talking stock talk. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. There's nothing else that I try to do. I try to get you some good, solid information to help you get to retirement. Um, one of the things I try to do is teach you a little bit about investing and uh, interest along those lines. So stock market too expensive, stock market not expensive enough. President Trump positive, President Trump negative. Uh, higher interest rates. I'm of lower interest rates, current interest rates. I'm kind of the current interest rate environment. Um, I don't see the angle, per se, that maybe you see. Um, Where we go, what is it going to take us to get back to normal? I don't see us getting back to normal. The Federal Reserve has caused a lot of recessions in their history. Eight out of the nine last recessions have been blamed on the Federal Reserve raising interest rates too far too fast. And maybe sometimes it's too far and sometimes it's too fast and sometimes it's a combination of the two of those. And right now they are on a slow, steady climb. Now what's interesting is there's not a lot of inflation out there. So our markets are kind of on a, uh, if you were to use a gas grill analogy, we're not on the highest setting. The flames aren't creeping up the pot. We're not on the lowest setting. The flames aren't flickering out. But we're on the lower side of growth, of the natural gas growth. I don't know if I can beat this analogy into the ground, but um, it's interesting. I had a part of an investment policy committee meeting yesterday, and uh, me and a CPA, uh, CFA, sat there and talked about, in this current environment, it is tough to imagine a scenario where we overheat. And if we don't overheat, the Fed doesn't raise interest rates aggressively. And if we don't do that, as long as the corporate earnings yield a spread with inflation is higher, markets can continue to move up. Now, again, not forever and ever. That's just not how it works. 
Um, so I think stocks right now are becoming less pricey. There's a cyclically adjusted price-to-earnings ratio. Let's just talk S&P 500. Let's talk 401k. Let's not talk about one stock versus the other. We're not comparing Tesla to Ford. We're comparing. We're just looking at the overall S&P Standard Poor's 500. So the cyclically adjusted price-to-earnings ratio made famous by none other than Nobel laureate Robert Schiller. It's also known as the Schiller P.E. is likely to fall by about 10% over the next two years. And there's no economic reason or bear market. There's nothing in the headlines that's upsetting. It's because the 2008-2009 financial crisis is about to drop out of the 10-year look-back period. So that should make everything look a little bit more, in his eyes, doable. Um, You have to stress how important right now it is for us all to be aware that a lot of people on Wall Street do look at five-year, ten-year P.E. trading ranges. But in the past, the cyclically adjusted price-to-earnings ratio has become a little bit more important because it's a little bit more of a uh, in-the-near-term versus, historically speaking, the S&P 500 has never gotten to a P.E. above 23 without creating volatility in your portfolio. That's just too much to bear. It's probably true. But when you start looking at what's the current recipe Where's the heat, inflation? Where are interest rates, you know, the drag? Uh, We're in a pretty good scenario. The CAPE for some years now has suggested that equities were wildly overvalued, but when we drop 2008-2009 out, uh, things are going to look a lot better. Um, It's interesting because the CAPE, which is the cyclically adjusted price-to-earnings ratio, was made famous by Yale professor Robert Schiller. He basically, his idea was, let's do a 10-year look, look back so that we don't have these you know, big statistical anomalies. But th- it's ironic that that's exactly what he's created because 2008-2009 was so awful on earnings. So a cyclical adjustment period of 10 years, where you take the traditional PE that was placed on a 12-month um, current last four quarters or the next four quarters, future earnings, it's just not enough. But now again, the CAPE, when you look back at it, you know, you've had eight fairly normalized years, but you had those two years, nine and ten years ago, that were radically uh, radical. So it's interesting to note uh, that Schiller found that a cyclically adjusted PE ratio based on 30 years, which is called the CAPE 30 versus the CAPE 10, had a significantly better track record than a ratio based on 10 years. So the longer you try to you know, smooth some of these factors, and maybe you would look at it and say, okay, uh, I'm going to retire in 30 years, or I'm going to retire in 10 years, and it starts to give you a better um, jumping-off point for analysis. So don't automatically take face value that any stock market indicator is a truism. Even one with a storied pedigree, whether it be a five-year trading uh, range, whether it be a five-year um, price-to-sales ratio, there's price-to-earnings, price-to-sales, uh, there's debt-to-equity, there's debt-to-income. There's so many things that you could look at. And again, debt-to-equity is important. How much debt does a company have versus its equity? Like, I see people who are think that they're rich because they own 10 pieces of property, but 95% of that property is leveraged into debt, so they're not rich. They just have a lot of debt. 
if things work out well for them, they'll be better off for sure. But a lot of people don't know how to analyze the differences there. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. One of the things I like to do is stock stock. One of the things I like to do is at seminars, I talk stock. And I have a seminar coming up in Marin. You can sign up for it right here, right now, by going to Rob Black Show, robblackshow.com. It's in San Rafael. It's September 9th. It's from 10 to noon, 10 to noon. Retirement income strategies and estate planning. A um, little transition in your portfolio, a little you know, good portfolio products, products, bad portfolio products. There's one guy on sports radio who does a show, a financial show, that his, his whole pitch is a bad financial product, and he makes it sound great. But the high costs, the high management once you buy it, the high commission when you buy it, the abil- inability to get out of it, the, the problems that it creates for you, I wouldn't put my enemy in it. And I'd put my enemy in a lot of things. You want to protect your estate from long-term costs. You want passive um, portfolio, probably, versus active. I don't know. It's, it's up to you. Which one can you best bear? But you can sign up for this event by going to Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show at San Rafael, California, September 9th at 10 to noon. You can um, use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Coming up on the show, I'm going to talk a little bit about some recent Warren Buffett moves, including Bank of America. And perhaps Apple. We'll talk a little bit about gold. Is it a fool's play? Is it not a fool's play? You tell me what you're thinking, and uh, I will try to get there for you. So a lot of people expect earnings growth to cool right now, and this whole segment we've been talking about the CAPE um, by Robert Schiller, his index. You'll hear more and more about it in the future because, again, it's a little archaic to think that you could could value current stocks based on the last four quarters and the next four quarters. Uh, sometimes it gets so skewed. You know, what happened last Christmas? Was it a snowy year? And uh, that put a shoppers at home, so retail got hit. That's not that's not fair. Take a look at it over 10 years. Is it more fair? 30? Maybe too long. But you get the idea. There's no right answers. There's just understanding that your economic indicators need to be massaged and, and understood. Um, big event coming up September 9th. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. That's RADIO25. Sign up today. on this morning's topic? We're taking your calls right now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. Oh, my, my, my. And then on top of that, I try to focus on individual stocks and sometimes trading rules of thumb, ideas, First segment, I talked about the CAPE, the cyclically adjusted price-to-earnings ratio. It's pretty famous out there, and it's a nice way of looking at the overall market and getting a thermometer reading, a, a temperature, if you will, of where the market is. And it looks too hot right now. Historically, it looks too hot. But like I said, 2008, 2009 were not years that were just horrific, tied towards Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers collapsing and mortgage funds you know, destroying the American consumer. 
where do we go from here? Um, well, I think you're always going to be looking at earnings, and will earnings growth cool or heat up? So the Fed balance sheet normalization is something they've been talking about for a while now, and the ongoing rate hikes have some investors nervous. Uh, because as the Fed raises interest rates, they raise the cost of borrowing money. As they raise the cost of borrowing money, you're paying more on interest than you are paying for goods. If you're paying more on interest, you know, you're stretched as far as you can go. And your interest of that payment is going to the banks, right? And their reward for lending you money, per se. Uh, it's nice to note that when interest rates are low, it kind of creates a little bit more speculation because you don't have to pay so much to interest for your goods. But when interest rates start to move higher, you have to pay more for that interest and less for goods. So, And that goes for houses in particular. You can afford, typically people say, I can afford a $3,000 payment. And you don't care if it's $2,500 of interest and $500 of principal or if it's $2,500 of principal and $500 of interest. Um, but you get more bang for your buck. You get more value when you're paying more principal to yourself than interest to the bank. So I think it's a little surprising right now that Fed Reserve Chairman Janet Yellen really didn't talk about monetary policy recently. Um, that probably indicates that she and other Fed officials are comfortable with the market expectations for the policy. She's not trying to send up trial balloons. Um, and she's going to make you know Fed balance sheet normalization probably in September and it's going to start taking interest rates higher again in December. There is no doubt that that is an X, a negative, a flaw in my theory that we're in a market that isn't creating a lot of inflation and should move higher. But again, it's when and how. Mm, Let's see. Bank of America... Uh, Warren Buffett is an old man. He's 87 years old. And I, it's horrible for me because when I first started my career 20-plus years ago, I kind of wanted to take shots at Warren Buffett. He was an old man who didn't get tech stocks. And now as I've aged, I've gone more and more of he is the Michael Jordan of investing. And get this, he's doing it at age 87. So you can't be Warren Buffett, but you could be like Warren Buffett. So he became Bank of America's largest shareholder yesterday. He exercised warrants at his Berkshire Hathaway bought during 2011. It was during that shadow of the financial crisis where the bank needed more money. So he got 700 million shares essentially at $7.14, stocks around 24. Just a genius move. Uh, bank of America was regarded as, as a diseased company back in 2007-2008. The old management team which had built the bank through bold acquisitions made an ill-fated decision to buy Countrywide Financial. That deal almost brought Bank of America completely down now. Countrywide was one of those banks, was one of those mortgage companies that was lending money to people who were making up their, their data. So they're giving out loans to people who shouldn't have had loans, and then they're selling those loans to other companies, getting out while the getting's good. Brian Moynihan took a job that no one else wanted in 2009. He's the CEO of the company. He led the bank's rebirth. Uh, Bank of America stock, you know, was recently a bit higher on Buffett now, but it still reflects the idea that the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates slower than expected. So there's a lot of room on the upside if we ever get back to a normalization in interest rates. And again, I don't think we get there anytime soon. Investors who want to buy shares on pullbacks can sell September 23.50 puts for 24 cents and get a premium received. It's going to be small, but the risk of the trade is that the stock falls 
far below the strike price, which is why many investors will simply buy the stock and use the calls to further boost returns. There's a put call strategy that you could try to put into place, but I don't recommend most people do that. I recommend working with a professional like a CFP, Chad Burton, and New Focus Financial, someone you trust if you're trying to get into stocks at lower prices. Bank of America has traded in the single digits in the not-so-far past. So, you know, would the government let another major bank fail? I don't think so, because the death of Lehman Brothers created chaos. So with Buffett, Warren Buffett as the largest shareholder of Bank of America, I think the future looks pretty bright and established. Um, I think the stock looks really attractive in the low 20s. Um, but long term, I like the chart and I like the basing that it's going through at this point in time. Is it appropriate for you? Probably not. Um, you need to consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned on the show. Banks have historically been on the safer side, the more conservative side. Now, again, that hasn't always worked. So some people, when I said that, probably just snickered out loud. And that's okay. And I'm always complimented by the number of radio shows, financial radio shows that listen to this show to generate ideas. Um, always complimented when my ideas get stolen. <laughs> but it does show a lack of creative thinking out there. So Bank of America is a number 26 company in the Fortune 500. It is a number 26 country, company in the Fortune 1000. It makes sense, right? Amongst the United States' largest banks by assets, it's similar to JP Morgan Chase and Citigroup. If you don't want the direct American exposure, go with Citigroup. It's much more of an international bank. So Bank of America operates one of the country's most extensive branch of networks with 4,600 locations and 16,000 ATMs. Its online banking operations count some 34 million active users and 22 million mobile users. They acquired Merrill Lynch in 2009, giving it one of the largest wealth managers with more than $2 trillion in assets, and it beefed up its international business in trading. So again, it's not for everyone, and I totally understand that. So don't rush into it thinking like it's your home run. It's a nice complement to a baseball team. It's a nice investment to, you know, 19 other investments or whatever your portfolio size is, whether it's 20. I like using the number 20 because when you start getting to, I've seen portfolios where people have 100 stocks. I'm like, I'm not analyzing this. They're like, can you take a look at my portfolio? I'm like, no, you've got too many damn stocks. Um, in my opinion, it's too much to analyze. So uh, do yourself a favor and try to keep it something manageable where you can watch the stocks every day, where you can kind of get a feel for their news. You can kind of get a feel for their earnings trends. You can get a feel for who their CEO is. You know, it's those people who play fantasy football or fantasy baseball where they know, like, the top 200 players. I'm like, how do you know that? Um, you don't have the time to study what you need to study in that period. That's too much, too much overkill. Anyway. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Hope you're well. Um, don't be shy. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Money, investing, and more. Uh, find me online at Rob Black Show. Don't forget the seminar coming up. If you use the code RADIO25, you get in absolutely free. It's RADIO25 to get in free. Sign up at Rob Black Show for the coming event in Marin, September 9th. So you packed your things and moved to the other coast Said you're gonna be like Charlie Rose So what do you want to do Give you something and never want it back Who's the riot in the rush For the warm light, yeah
now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. Really? Bull market means stock market's moving higher. Bear market means the stock market's poised for a 20% pullback. Hmm. Interesting, right? There used to be a great website called Kepler. And it was a great financial magazine, but it's a shadow of itself today because most of their articles are sponsored. So basically, if you have enough money as a financial professional, you can say... Um, I want to look like I'm an article in Kiplinger because it used to be a great magazine. So if you see the words like contributed advisor, that's not good. And it's interesting because a lot of people in financial media, whether it be radio or television or magazine or digital, the managers don't know what they're doing. They just put on anyone who pays or puts in anyone who pays. Um, so that's something worthy of note. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Any questions that you might have, whether it be you know, how empty nesters can save more uh, and invest better. Uh, should life insurance be in your retirement portfolio? I don't think so. Um, but the person who's going to advise that sells life insurance policies, and they get a big fat commission on it. So just be cautious. Uh, we have a lot of questions as a nation we should be asking ourselves right now. For instance, you know, New Orleans was a city that got hit by a devastating hurricane and floods, right? We kind of know that. And we know years and years later that New Orleans hasn't seen the population hit the pre-hurricane levels. So the city's growing, babies are being born, but people aren't really moving in per se, propelling the growth. So... When you look at Houston today, which is a very important economic city of the United States, should we rebuild there? A lot of the homes have been destroyed and will be rebuilt, and that will be an economic plus in the short term. Uh, in the short term, a lot of people won't be able to file unemployment claims, so the numbers are going to look weird. You lose your home, you lose your house, you lose your car, you're not going to work. You're counting on the government giving you money, so short term, everything's going to be messed up, but... Are we going to be rebuilding houses in the next one to three years? Yeah. So, you know, back in 2010, when you took a look at the population in New Orleans and the parish um, versus where it is now, it's slowly growing. But still not back to the numbers where it should be. And the question is, will Houston be that way? And what's interesting about Houston right now, and it's... It seems pretty insensitive. I'm talking about the financial ramifications and will it grow again and will it be rebuilt? Should it be rebuilt is my question. When you take a look at the map of Houston, it's just all concrete. And it's not a surprise that there's flooding because there's nowhere for the water to drain. Um, it's very poorly designed. Very poorly designed. So we're going to rebuild it, right? Probably. We're going to make the same mistakes yet again. And I don't know if another hurricane's going to hit. I don't know if uh, historic flooding's going to happen historically again. But I know that our federal government is going to make right for a lot of people or make mostly right for a lot of people who did have flood insurance and who didn't have flood insurance. Um, I did see the federal government is going to make it easy for you to tap into your 401k and start withdrawing some of your retirement savings to get you by right now. 
I think it's a horrible idea. I think it's a horrible idea to rebuild in Houston uh, the way we have. It shouldn't be houses and, and shopping malls. If it's, it's oil, it's oil. It's fine. I get the strategic value of the land. But one of the better things about our economy right now is millennials is they they want to rent. They don't want to buy. They're, they'll buy ho- cars, but they're they're struggling to buy houses. And maybe there's a city ten miles away from Houston that's not you know even prone to floods or even Houston's not prone to floods. So it brings the question up of you know how many billions of dollars do we have to throw into building a city that could get hit again? Um, and why not just move? There's plenty of land in Texas. Um, so I don't know. You know, Donald Trump desperately needed a spending uh, plan, desperately needed an infrastructure plan, and now he's got one. It's called Houston. It's not the whole United States. It's not the bridges in Minnesota. It's not the roads in California. It's not the airports in Maine. It's spending in Houston. So that's out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Yeah, if you take a look back, and again, even my home city right now, uh, they're just building where there were trees. Um, you know, now there's shopping malls or uh, stores with houses on top. It's not paradise anymore, or it's kind of a new paradise, so to speak, as the talking heads, you know, uh, once said. Um, you know, here we stand like an Adam and Eve, waterfalls, the Garden of Eden. Um, there was a factory, now there's mountains and rivers. You got it, you got it. Um, the birds and the trees are smiling upon them from the age of dinosaurs. Cars have run on gasoline. Where have they gone? Uh, it's kind of the opposite, and that's why Houston's flooding. <laughs> it's because we put a shopping mall where there used to be flowers. Um, where there were flowers, we took out a lawnmower and chopped down paradise. Now, again, I am, and we have beautiful highways, and <laughs> it's something to laugh at. We sacrifice agriculture for, you know, Pizza Huts, Dairy Queens, 7-Elevens, and it makes our life better that we can get, you know, uh, a big gulp and a frosty. So we like the chocolate chip cookies, the candy bars, and the cherry pies. You know, we like the microwaves. We like the discount stores. Cornfields? Eh, we'll put those somewhere else. Uh, flowers? We'll put those somewhere else. So anyway, that's why I think Houston's such a massive problem. It's not even on a flood zone. It's just overbuilt. Anyhow, there's my political comment of the day. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We're talking money, investing, and more. Warren Buffett just had his 87th birthday, and I'm turning this into the Warren Buffett show. He sat down with Becky Quick from CNBC, who, if you ever look at Becky Quick, Google her. When she came from the Wall Street Journal, she was a nerd. She was the John Hughes sister of the cheerleader who would come down in baggy clothes, you know, awful glasses, acne, books that she'd drop one or two of them in front of the quarterback. And then she got hot. Then she got married and had kids. Like you could see the evolution of nerd to uh, suburban mom. So Buffett talked to her, and he said he's never sold a share of Apple, and added that even more in the last quarter, he boosted Berkshire Hathaway's overall holding. Talked about the iPhone maker's stock. Originally, 10 million shares were bought by one of the fellows in the office, um, Todd or Ted. He didn't know which one. Uh, then he looked at it, and he bought considerably more. In the last quarter, he sold some of the shares. I bought more than he sold, so our overall holdings went up, he says. 
net gain for Berkshire, but that was composed of the fellow who bought it deciding for something else. Both of the two manage $11 billion that work for uh, him. So he's got two employees, one bought, one sold. So when Quick asked Buffett if he was still buying Apple, he, he's played coy. He goes, I don't think I'll tell you that much, but I certainly was buying last quarter. Um, he doesn't think U.S. economic growth is at 3%, which was his other big quote. So he talked a little bit about Apple with Becky on his 87th birthday. And he talked a little bit about you know uh, the overall economy. Is it growing at 3%? He said, it doesn't feel like 3%. He's pretty outspoken where he goes, you know, the percentage of tax that I pay is lower than the percentage of tax my secretary pays. And he finds that offensive. So he said that he feels the kind of feels like a 2% grower, despite the fact that we saw GDP estimates numbered 3%. He said that investments in virtually every part of the U.S. economy, um, he said, I would have guessed that we're more of a 2% growth economy. Um, every now and then we think we're accelerating it every now and then that maybe there's a double dip. It just seems to be a couple percent. So he talked about Kraft Heinz. When Warren Buffett talks, I listen. He said consumer products look giant like Kraft Heinz, best known for brands such as Heinz ketchup, Oscar Mayer hot dogs, Jell-O. Which do you think is worse for you? Tomato ketchup, um, tomato sugar, i.e. ketchup, Oscar Mayer Number one, it's considered a carcinogen in hot dogs, um, along the lines with cigarettes. Um, Jello, you could either get the sugar version, which will jack your sugar levels, which your body can't really process terribly well, or you can get the sugar-free, which is made with chemicals that taste like sugar that will probably grow a third ear on you. Um, but he also owns Mondelez, so he owns he owns junk food. He owns Coca-Cola, he owns Heinz, uh, Kraft Heinz. He owns Mondelez, which is home to brands like Oreo, Dentine, Wheat Thin. None of those are good for you. Kraft shares are unchanged, um, while Mondelez fell about 1.9% on his commentary. At the end of the second quarter, Berkshire owned about 325 million shares. Um, major owner of Kraft Heinz, along with private equity firm 3G. So... Uh, he's he's a sizable dude. He owns shares of Geico Auto Insurance, and he said Berkshire Hathaway underwrites roughly 10% of the auto policies in Texas and insures about 500,000 cars. He goes, at this point, we don't know the size of the losses. He added that Berkshire reduced its exposure to catastrophic lines of insurance in recent years due to premiums coming down. So he won't get a hit on that. He talked about North Korea. He said, who knows what could happen? Um... But he did stress that more nations such as North Korea that have nuclear capabilities, the more likely that with something remote probability does finally happen. He goes, it's a dangerous world. He talked about Warren Buffett, uh, about Donald Trump. Um, he raised money for and voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. and says he prefers not to criticize sitting presidents, even ones he didn't vote for. I'm not in the business of attacking a president. Pretty fascinating stuff. You can always sign up for my seminars for free using code RADIO25. There's one coming up in Wren. Go to Rob Black Show to sign up.
financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. Whoa. I was choking in the crowd, building my brain up in the cloud, falling like ashes to the ground, hoping my feelings they would drown, but they never did that. So one of the thesi, thesis of the current stock market is is there inflation? And we recently saw with the personal income and spending today up in July, but not inflationary. So again, it's part of the prescription for the potential market moving higher. Um, when I wake up, I take a look at a lot of things worldwide. Um, it's a holiday weekend coming up, so you look at volume and trends. There's less fear today around the debt ceiling following Hurricane Harvey. The Democrats and Republicans better behave in the minds of citizens who elect them because there's a disaster unfolding, and it's also time to raise the debt ceiling. It's not time for squabbling in the eyes of the public. Um, there's a big hold of support on the North Korea missile uh, crisis launch, where people think that they're about done playing out their saber rattling, showing that they can be strong in the face of a radical U.S., according to them. Um, but you also get a good steady round of economic reports recently. I think the holiday trend is interesting, you know, where it turns a little bit less volatile because there's just a little less money flowing in. I think the debt ceiling is going to be more contentious than people think. Um, but it's interesting to note, you know, when you wake up in the world of financial stock talk, you take a look at everything. You take a look at the economic calendar, whether it's job cuts coming from Challenger Gray, personal income, uh, pending home sales, natural gas inventories, natural gas important. Uh, in line with what's happening with the energy infrastructure of the United States. Uh, but you also look at, take a look at Europe and see how they did with their uh, economic data. You look at Australia, Japan, Asia, China, uh, to get a good feel for the overall world markets. Now, I think one of the big stories today was, it's fascinating, as it was Wells Fargo. They've completed expanded third-party review of retail banking accounts dating back to the beginning of 2009, Original account analysis identified approximately 2.1 million potentially unauthorized accounts. And expanded analysis identified a new total of approximately 3.5 million unauthorized accounts and small business accounts. Now, that is not a cockroach. And as Warren Buffett said, when you start looking at all the employees of the company, you're looking at more than just one. And suddenly there's going to be more than one flaw. Original analysis reviewed 93 million current and former customer accounts opened approximately four and a half years ago um, through the 2011-2015 time period, and it said 2.1 million. Now they're adding another 1.4 to 1.7 million. Um, it's stunning. The original time period, which included refinements, the practice and methodologies, uh, it looks back on and. You know, in the coming weeks, Wells Fargo is going to be taking significant steps to compensate its retail and small business customers who may have been harmed. Uh, it looks like they threw in the baby, the bathwater, the kitchen, the sink, the bathtub, everything that they could. As Wells Fargo make rights with customers, those steps will also help the company fulfill its remediation commitments under the sales practices consent order. Um, has Wells Fargo hit a bottom? No one knows. 
Is Wells Fargo one of the more intriguing stocks out there? Absolutely. It's like Continental, uh, United Continental. When the flooding hits Texas and Houston, uh, United Continental could drag a, a passenger off the plane and, and bloody and beat him and you know loosen his teeth. Stock barely gets hit. But they get hit with a flood, and you know it's for real this time because you know they had people booking through a two-week period that have canceled, and they may never fly again on that airline. You know people are not exactly loyal per se. But sometimes you have to. I'm not saying you have to, but sometimes you get the best buys, the most opportunistic opportunities, when stocks are down due to headline news. United Continental's down due to the flooding in in, in Texas. Um, you take a look at, you know, uh, another company like Wells Fargo, and why are they down? Now, United Continental, just to give you an, an idea, it has an all-time high of $83. It's currently at 62 It started the year roughly at, you know, 50-ish. Um, so when you take a look at that 50 to 60, it's a nice move. 50 to 80, it's a great move. 80 to 60, it's a, a discounted price. Uh, will it get there again? Yeah. Will it take consultant worker rise for taking action in a second mission? Will it take an uh, act of God, uh, a flood, to ruin them? It could happen again. So one never knows, right? So the Wells Fargo thing is employees who cheated, and that's fixable. A lot of people really just don't care as long as it didn't happen to them, and if it did, they'll take a little bit of money. Um, so when you take a look at a you know a year date to date chart on Wells Fargo, is it an opportunity? Hit the high of about 58. It's currently at 51. Um, its 52 week low is about you know 43. Um, so it, it still has a, a bit of a ways to get back there. So can it retest that? Sure. Uh, do we know for uh, any certain? No. But today it's announced that you know they they they, they fudged. You know, a lot of numbers. They opened a lot of fake accounts. It didn't cover nearly 70% more potentially unauthorized consumer and small business accounts. This is large. And, you know, will they recover? No one knows for sure, but is it a buying opportunity if they do recover? Yeah. And it's like 9-11, a horrible day in U.S. history. But a great time to be buying stocks when people were selling stocks just willy-nilly. They wanted out. They were afraid so when people are selling Wells Fargo because it's a bad company who is a cockroach of a scenario where their problems could be larger, where you have a United uh, Airlines where you know you get a flood that shuts down airports, a major hub, which was their big problem, it, it begs the question of, are you opportunistic for looking at that? It's up to you, not me. I'm not. I'm not your conscience. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Sign up for a seminar coming up in Moran. Use code radio25 to get in for free. Sign up at Rob Black Show coming up September 9th. The closer you get to retirement, the more you need to start thinking about how you can get the most out of your nest egg. Hi, I'm Rob Black. On September 9th, I'll be in San Rafael, along with CFP Chad Burton and attorney Michelle Lerman, for a special event focused on retirement income strategies and estate planning. We're going to help you get a better picture of how to manage your retirement income so that it lasts longer, lets you live comfortably, and protects your family. Which accounts you should draw from first? What's the best way to manage your IRAs and your 401ks? How should you handle your Social Security? We'll cover all that and show you how to minimize your taxes. And we'll go over retirement products. Which ones are the good ones? Which ones to avoid? What if long-term care becomes an issue? 
That could drain your entire estate if you don't protect it. Just the tip of the iceberg. Join us Saturday, September 9th, 10 to noon at Sheraton San Rafael. Register now at robblackshow.com. For KDOW listeners, we'll waive the $25 fee. Just use promo code RADIO25 when you register. That's robblackshow.com, promo code RADIO25. Hope to see you there. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.